Hey guys, it's Adrian. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to do a little housekeeping. First and foremost, thank you so much to Jeff, Chris, and the gang over at Eastside Mags for allowing me to share their space and be able to gab with their guests during a signing back in August. And it was a really great time. And I also just want to throw out a quick shout out to Eastside Mags. And if you're in the Montclair, New Jersey area, or even just in Northeastern New Jersey area in general, check out Eastside Mags. They offer a wide assortment of new and old single-issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, action figures and toys, games, cards, collectibles, statues, t-shirts, buttons, posters, stickers. And this is actually the best part about Eastside Mags is they also offer a very decent selection of independent comics and independent art from local and national artists, which I think is great. And one thing I've always appreciated about Eastside Mags is they're very community oriented. So if you're in the area, head to Eastside Mags, check them out online, eastsidemags.com. They also throw some really great events. And it was really cool that they allowed me to share their space and to uh, get very weird with their guests who were doing a signing that day. Which, about that, I did my best to clean up the audio, but since we were in a comic book store and we're chatting, there's a lot of ambient noise, there's a lot of, you know, chatter back and forth, so I tried to capture the best of it, so there may be some uh, sound quality issues and I apologize for that, but that's something that comes with the territory of being in a large open setting. But without further ado, here is episode 103 of Adrian Has Issues. Hello, this is James Emmett, the editor of 451 and the writer-illustrator of the committee from Wayward Raven. Congratulations, Adrian. You are awesome and have given us all a ton of issues. Am I right? (laughs) Sorry. Hey guys, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm in uh, Eastside Mags in uh, Merry Old Montclair, New Jersey. Let's see, you've been on, what, twice before? Yeah, at least twice. There may be a couple of failed attempts as well. So let's run down the list. Um, well, the last time you were on, um, you talked about your book, Ashes, with uh, Carl Slominski. Well, actually, more recently, though, um, and this is really cool, I didn't realize that you felt as big about Lana Del Rey. Well, I mean, I've seen your posts on social networking, but you've done this really cool thing called uh, Broke Pop, which, um, well, through uh, Red Style of Media, where you took the music of Lana Del Rey and you basically uh, compiled an anthology based on her material. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Mario Candelaria. Mario, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? Just uh, talking at the shop live in person, trying to you know make some new fans, hopefully, and uh, yeah, hang out with Adrian. We also have Fabian here, who's coming in right now. He's smoking a cigarette outside. But um, yeah, man, welcome back. And uh, it's cool. You're kind of like in my neck of the woods. Yes, dirty jurors. We really never really got to talk about Baroque Pop and really getting into the inspiration behind it and what really led to producing the anthology. Well, I've always uh, listened to Lana Del Rey's work while I've been writing comics. I did that with Kumar. I did that with Corktown and a couple other things. It's just something about her first couple albums that are really uh, filled with such imagery uh, and the way that she said things uh, that really, you know, helped me flow better with words onto the page. And, you know, like instead of just saying, okay, I wrote something while listening to this, I said, fuck it. Why not just 
come right out and just do a whole uh, anthology, uh, you know, where my friends and I who were on the book, we were all we are all fans of her. We admire her work. So we wanted to honor that directly. Something I've noticed a lot is that for me, I can't do anything without music in my ears or at least around me. It's something that's always dictated my creative outlet. So it's cool that now it's not even just a matter of why, like you said, listen to this while we're recording. But are you filming? Are you recording this or is this just taking pictures? I'm trying to keep in touch with the youth. So, um, you know. <laughs> All right. The kids are there with their uh, their MySpaces and their... Uh... <laughs> The instant messenger. <laughs> oh, by the way, check out Adrian has issues on Live Journal. Eileen's <laughs> working on the Zanga as we speak. The GeoCities page with the flashing stars in the background. Well, matter of fact, uh, Dillinger Four they still have their uh, their website is still I think like either GeoCities or Angel Fire. Uh. Oh, you never rocked the, you never rocked the Angel Fire. That was like the old school. Oh man, you're missing out. That was like early internet man. Browser, what was that? Microsoft. Wait, Lighthouse. That was no the Lighthouse. That was spin around when it was loading the page. Oh, was that Netscape? She says yes. Oh, well, okay, it was Netscape. I was thinking Encarta, but like, wait, that's the encyclopedia, people. So while I'm doing this interview, Mario's Snapchatting. Uh, or, no, what do they call it? Snapping? Uh, what do the kids say? I'm uh, I'm on Instagram. So Oh, it's Instagram. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Oh, the- <laughs> and none of those people endorse the show, but if they want to, uh, please uh, reach out to me. <laughs> AsianAsIssues.com. Contact information is all there. But no, like, it's really cool. Like, I'm loving that between this and I know what um, Red Stylo also did 27, uh, which is the anthology about musicians and artists who all found themselves deceased by age 27. It was cool seeing how people interpreted people's work into comic form and not even telling a straightforward story, but just in very indirect ways that I never would have thought of. So to even see that now with Lana Del Rey and I mean, pardon my ignorance, but I really wasn't much of a fan of hers, where I never really took the plunge until really you were tweeting about it almost. I don't want to say incessantly because that just sounds really mean. No, that's probably correct. You could say that. <laughs> but yeah, so that was really cool. And I wish Fabian was here, but I think he's still smoking. But um, he also did the design work for the was it the front or the back cover? He did the back cover. That's cool. And I don't know if you want to get into a little bit about um, approaching Lakewood Red Stylo or, you know, your process and how you really came about choosing the stories or, you know, the actual flow of it. Um, if you want to get into that process a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this, this uh, the idea for an anthology was was mine. Uh, I had worked with Red Stylo previously on two books, Killer Queen and The 27 Club, you'd mentioned. And I knew uh, from watching Enrica do her thing uh a little bit more of how she put the books together, how she chose the creative teams, how she went ahead and, you know, edited pretty much the whole story as well as worked in the design. And I was like, okay, I kind of want to do something like this, but for Lana Del Rey. Um, and Enrica wasn't going to do the book directly herself, but she was my partner on this. She said, okay, you know, this is a really good idea. She's currently working on another anthology, uh, The Strip, which is currently on Kickstarter right now. So she didn't have time to do it herself, but, you know, she said, okay, if you want to work on it, she kind of mentored me through the whole process, but really gave me space to kind of do my own thing. It's one of those things where I would, you know, uh, design. I did a lot of the design work and I would design something. I'd be like, hey, do you like this? And she was like, oh, that's great. Or she would give me pointers how to make it better. What would you say for, I guess, for anyone like me who is not necessarily a non-fan, but is aware of her work, but not necessarily like well-versed in it? Like, what would you say is kind of like a jumping off point of either an album or a song that really encapsulate what she's all about? I think the opening track of Born to Die, uh, which is also called Born to Die, uh, that one just jumps right into the musicals. It sounds 
very uh, old school cinematic, very old Hollywood. I uh, just jumps right in and then uh, she hits the more modern type of beats in there and then kind of just flowing back and forth between that current style while also mixing in that old world aesthetic that she has and then just ends it again with, you know, kind of a more overture that's reminiscent of something like Gone with the Wind. Right. And that's actually now that I think about it, connecting the dots, because I know when we talked about Kamara and a lot of that really paid homage to old school Hollywood. And and I know you love the hell out of La La Land, which I still have not seen. I know. (laughs) Why? There's a lot of things I haven't seen. And now I have the I have kids excuse, but it's really just like my. (laughs) <laughs> hello is that the la la land police <laughs> we found another one <laughs> no but there are so many movies like i just now like three days ago finally saw creed um the uh ryan coogler movie it's my pr person so oh <laughs> I have to wrap this interview up. oh okay well apparently you've got to go no because you didn't see la oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Adrian. That's all the time I have. Uh, they're counting me down. <laughs> but you know, it's like I. <laughs> the one thing I do miss about being in this area, and especially with the uh, the Claridge being up the road, is you know, there's no real like at least not where I am. There's no local art house theater, and that's something I really did miss because a lot of that was just you know. Text <laughs> it to me now. <laughs> you guys are the worst. Or the best. I can't figure out which one. No, no. We're like two pit bulls on the couch just hyping each other up. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't too long ago. The last time I did a show here, um, I was eating, what was it called? It was a Mona. It was a muffin and a donut mixed together. It's a place called Java up up the road where they do donuts, pastries, but a lot of novelty stuff. So this isn't the weirdest thing that I've done on a podcast, which now just sounds really odd. Speaking of things that I'm not very well versed in is, of course, your love of wrestling. Oh, hell yeah. That's a Stone Cold reference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got that one. All right. I'm not that. <laughs> but no, okay. Funny story. So, Mario being a huge wrestling aficionado, I guess this is the part where I'm supposed to take pictures of this because it's like no one's going to actually see what he's wearing. Well, tell the people what you're uh, wearing first off. I'm wearing a Nikki Bella Stay Fearless baseball cap. Right. Not to mention the, uh, the gym selfies with the wrestling shirts. Which, at some point, you're actually going to have to do another anthology just of those. Called uh, Laying the Smackdown. <laughs> there we go. Wait, actually, hold on. Copyright Mario Candelaria, just in case. But um, you had posted a link of a match. I think it was set in Japan. And I don't know what it was about this match, but it was nuts because I'm pretty much watching a live-action anime. Because one of the things I've noticed about at least, let's say, WWE or I don't even know if NXT is still a thing. Oh, hey, Fabian's back, and I'm sitting in his chair. (laughs) As both of you eject me from the chair. Well, no, I'm just going to hear. I'm going to turn this way, and everybody gets to hear all this grinding and, like, seating. But um, you had sent me a, um, it was a a match about, I forgot what it was. Um, I don't even know the names. What were the two guys? It was uh, Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. Right, and you were like, because you're like, oh, I'm staying up at like super early to like watch this match. And I'm like, who stays up till like 5 a.m. to watch wrestling? I get up at 5 a.m. to watch wrestling from Japan. I did that this morning. I'll, I'll probably do it tomorrow, too. That is nuts. And like, okay, so I'm like, all right, what is worth staying up that early for, for watching wrestling? And I kid you not, and that's actually not the words I would choose, but I think there's a chop behind me. But like, this match was, like, it blew my mind. And I'm like, holy crap, like, this was really good. Like, it was so well done 
okay, yes, it's wrestling, so there is a bit of you know work and in t- involved in choreography. But I was actually watching a like a. It's not real. It's okay. Hold on. This is where I'm gonna cue in like piano music. Fabian, I have something very hard to tell you. Wrestling isn't real. <gasps> no. <laughs> yes. Well. Yeah. No. Wait. See. Now it's just. <laughs> But like this match was incredible. Like it was just really well done. And it was like watching anime. And it was so different from like a lot of stuff I'd seen from like I said, WWE. So it's like I had to Oh, he's actually showing I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that before. <laughs> See, it's like he's seen that and I haven't. So it's like that just shows how like now everybody who's listening to the show, because everybody that we follow oh, who's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fake fan. <laughs> But, like, it was such a great match, and it was cool, because then you kind of explained, well, actually, you know, I'll let you explain the difference between, like, let's say the match, like, in Japan versus, so, like, WWE, because you kind of put it in terms of, like, maybe mainstream versus, like, indie rock. Yeah, um, the stuff the WWE produces, that's a big company. They have, you know, uh, stockholders and everything, so they want to they want to push the envelope and entertain people, but they also want to keep their investment in their product, uh, you know, safe for the most part, so they're not going to let these guys go out there and do things that could hurt themselves or shorten at least their profitability for lack of better terms of how long they can make money off of them. So the guys in Japan who aren't necessarily the bigger names, they just want to go out and entertain you in the now. Um, Unfortunately, some of them aren't really worried about how they're going to live 20 years from now if they keep doing this stuff. Yeah, because I like I said, uh, the videos you sent me, it's very physically demanding. And not that the other stuff isn't, but these guys are kind of really going above and beyond, which... I should probably cut in to say the other person who ejected me out of my chair was the uh, original owner, Fabian Lillet, Um, You've heard on the show uh, twice before. Um, Last time, uh, you and uh, Katie Rex were on talking about G Street Protection Services. If you haven't listened to the episode, I believe, uh, what do we call it? J Street has a band, which was this really fun discussion about the characters in Fabian's book and what instruments they would play if they were in a band. But I'm actually going to have Fabian jump in real quick and just do a quick uh, little elevator pitch about the band itself. And Mario is like, he's about to like get tagged into the ring. Hold on, Mario has something to say here. No, just go ahead. I was going to applaud him as soon as he was just started going. Oh, well, see, well, you have to audibly applaud, because if you don't applaud, all right, Aaron, would you mind applauding as well? So that way, just kind of... Yeah, Fabian! Woo! It's so fake. I <laughs> You still got it. <laughs> it feels like it feels like um, you guys watched Glow before, right? Like it's yeah. that first yeah. Test that you do, but, like, anybody, it's like yeah, come on, cheer. But real talk though, I freaking love that book. It was so much fun. If you love that, you're gonna love my next one. Wait, hold on. Before we get into the next one, let's just talk a little bit about J Street and what it's all about, so that way we let people know, and then we can hit them with the news. Oh crap! I gotta stop trying to curse. <laughs> oh, can we, oh, we can't curse in this episode. Oh. No, we can totally curse. I just wasn't sure if there was a shot. Like, I can't see the back of the store. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, J Street Protection Services is um, about um, a bunch of magical girls who study in a magical school, and um, they pretty much uh, learn some weird stuff about their school, and they run away and start a street gang. This is what a mini series, right? It was four issues. Yeah, it was four issues. That's right, through uh, Black Mask. And I know when we had talked, um, you had vaguely hinted at something you were working on. But I don't know if you're at time to announce it now, because wait, the eyebrows went up. So it looks like you're already about to say it now. So um, what's this new thing you're working on? So right now I'm working on a Kickstarter that I'm planning to launch. Um, 
in either the end of the month or early September. It's called uh, We Are the Danger. I'm working on it with Stephanie Cook. You know her from her stint and her articles on Rogue's Portal. I'm also uh, working with Claudia Aguirre. Um, she's the colorist for Kim and Kim. Um, another project that she's on that I'm excited about is uh, Deuce of Hearts with Vault Comics. Oh, nice. Which, by the way, though, I mean, Vault's been doing it big, though. Oh, yeah. No, Vault is insanely big right now. I Big ups to everybody um, who's running the the whole publication right now i picked up spiritus like was it last week or two weeks ago um it's damn good it's very like it had that ghost in the shell feel with that aeon fluxy kind of neon kind of thing it's insane um but yeah so i'm working on that and of course i have taylor esposito on letters for we are the danger um it's going to be about um two girls on a journey of greatness they start a band on their own uh they take on this battle of the bands and they're just trying to you know it's just the story of them basically trying to break into the music industry of course with hurdles an old bandmate of one of the girls wants to make sure that uh they don't succeed so it's gonna be a five issue miniseries if you check out my twitter rockets and pens you know you're gonna see updates on that um so yeah Hopefully soon I can announce more about it. I know you did have a little bit of background in music, so I don't know yeah. if that was semi-autobiographical in a sense, would you say? Uh, not really, but it's like uh, certain things that happen in the book are inspired by things that actually happened to me and the band that I was managing back in the Philippines. So, you know, from like being in a battle of bands, having like certain small, you know, successes and small shortcomings that was out of our control, you know, it had a lot to do with it. It's a story dear to my heart, just how music is a huge part of like any Filipino's life. You know, that's the main character in the story is going to be a, a Filipina immigrant. Oh, cool. Lives here in New Jersey. You said New Jersey. Well, I was sold already, though, but it's like, you know what? More love to Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't always live in Brooklyn and New York. Who, who can afford that anyways? Who can afford New Jersey? <laughs> hey, immigrants that know people, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, but I'm really excited. I can't wait to um, hear more about that once it's announced. Uh, I'm glad. Um, I hope, you know, I hope we reach the goal once it's out. Like I said, check out Rockets and Pens for more updates. I, just that look on your face, it was just kind of like, I wasn't sure, like, do I get tagged back in? It's like, come on, tag me back in. This is surreal, because like I said, this is the first time, of course, meeting Mario, and of course, seeing Fabian again is always a treat. Um, Taylor was in here earlier, but... um. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Because like I show up and it's like, oh, it's Adrian, and then Taylor pops up right behind me with puppies, and it's like I can't follow that up. If you work in comics and you don't like dogs, I don't know. It seems like comics are a lot of cat people. Though I'm a dog guy. So. I'm a dog. I'm a, I'm both. I, dog. I just like for. Let's take a show of hands. Who here likes dogs? Everybody likes dogs except for you. Ooh. What's? Oh no, your cat person. Uh, who, who here likes cats instead? Well, I'm I'm, I'm like kind of like. like... Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> so I'm an animal. Oh, oh. All right. Well, that. Okay. So we have one person who's just an animal fan in general, which kind of makes sense. That's awesome. But no. Well, it depends because it's like, all right. Well, I'm more of a cat person too, but dogs aren't necessarily the worst. They're just higher me. Why? Well, see, okay. First off, I call. Well, I don't know if anybody heard that, but Mario said, you know, dogs are, you know, best friend, whatnot. But why does no one ever just say that about cats? Like, why is that always, you know, just given? Because cats want to just wait till you die and then eat your corpse, basically. Uh, See, and I can. 24 hours and they'll eat your corpse. 
Yep. See, and like, okay, you know what? Corpse eating, I'm already dead. Who's really getting offended here? <laughs> Nobody. It's just that they're just waiting for that to happen. <laughs> That's their end goal. It's like as soon as you as soon as you adopt a cat, they're not there to be like, ooh, a friend. It's like, ooh, food. I wonder how long this one's gonna last before I eat him. The bringer of food becomes the food. Yeah. Circle of life. There you go. See? And I can respect that. See, this whole thing about, oh, companionship with dogs and building best friends for life. I'm like, look, I know if I stop feeding that dog. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, though, it's like we never give that thing to cats because we always hear about dogs are great. And here's pictures of us playing. My cat destroyed my computer. <laughs> you know, they're always just giving us bad rap. Oh, great. The cops are here. The cops are here? What? No, I don't know. That's a sound I actually miss. Because I don't get Is that. It because I said immigrant too too many times. I don't know, but maybe it's because I'm here. I don't know. It's Montclair. No, it's because you never saw La La Land. Remember? Oh, that's right. The the La La Land. Okay, what you missed was um, I told him that I didn't see La La Land, and I didn't see La La Land either. Moonlight for life. And that's what I wanted to get into because Moonlight should have won, and now their win is forever tainted. All the Oscars are rigged, so I don't care about the Oscars. I just wanted Moonlight to win. That's so bad. And I do agree, but I think that was kind of my point with that. And I think maybe it wasn't necessarily the movie's fault as far as how that all went down. I don't know what the idea behind it. I mean, I have my own thoughts behind it, but it just seemed like they had supposedly never made that mistake before. And what, the 90 years, 89 years that the Oscars have been around? Why now? And even if it was a legit mistake, how would that ever be a thing? And I'm like, how have you just, how has no one ever thought about, okay, do you not check these before you go out? So now this movie will forever kind of have this asterisk of. Look, the real victim here is Warren Beatty because everybody's blaming him, but he didn't read the card. He didn't say it. He was like, I think this is a mistake. Like, that's why he showed it to his partner. Watching that unfold was like a diploma film. It was just like... It was like the 2017 JFK footage. Right? It's just... Dick Tracy is innocent. So in other words, Pruneface did it. Or was it Mumbles? That's sad that I actually know Dick Tracy's like rogues gallery. Which, I don't know. Okay, complete aside though. Does anyone remember the animated series? Yeah. How were we allowed to watch that? Have you actually watched that like fairly not recently? Before. No, not recently. Because it used to play on like Fox Kids. Like when I was like what? I was growing up watching like really violent anime. It's like US cartoons were like pretty mellow compared to like blood and guts. That's true though, but then some of like some of the characters and like I I, I feel bad even saying some of the names. I'm like this is racist as hell. True. But watch Devilman when you're like I don't know, 8. I don't know. Granted, I was raised by a woman who I think at like 7 or 8 years old was like you need to watch Vampire Hunter D. So it's like, you know what though? I'm okay. Wait, have you never seen Vampire Hunter D, Mario? No, I've never it's watched it. It's hard time to judge. It's hard time to judge. Okay, we will anime shame you. All right, first off, Fabian, let's run down a list of like essential anime you should see by the time you're at least like 15. Cowboy Bebop, Vampire Hunter D, Ninja Scroll, Yu Yu Hakusho. If you didn't even like watch like Dragon Ball, like I, I don't even know if I could like. Did you even watch Dragon Ball? Yeah, my roommate played it in college, and it would be on at so every day. Forced to watch it, it would be on every day at five. Midnight, and then again the next day at 4.30 before the next 5 o'clock one. So I would see the same episode three times in a 24-hour period. Well, technically, when you watch any episode, it's the same period. <laughs> I love how in anime, like, time just stops. Like, we have three minutes to stop them. And it's like five episodes in. Like, wait a minute. How did that happen? Only in anime can you get away with that where you're like, I'm all right with this. 
I mean, most like major, like, you know, especially Shonen, because they were like the worst with that. But yet, every time you're like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And as soon as someone goes to like throw a punch or like shoot a fireball, eight episodes of flashbacks or a filler. Well, that's to indicate that you know it's going to happen. Like, you know the guy's going to win. Well, you know he's going to win, though, but still. But you know that's the moment. That's the moment. He's about to win. <laughs> when the flashbacks end, the fight ends. And Mario's just completely just like confused. I'm like, but look at it this way. It's really no different than wrestling. Yeah. I mean, how many times, if you think about it, do like wrestling storylines drag on for the fact of, you know, all right, let's just take of again, because I'm going to play for the ignorant. And of course, every wrestling fan is shutting this off. But like, okay, what would you say is one of like the longest standing rivalries like currently, like between wrestlers? Oh, geez. Uh, probably the Miz and Dean Ambrose. That thing's been going on for ages. Right, but that's no different from like let's say a Dragon Ball Z fight where you know the fight's going on forever and ever. You know pretty much how it's going to end, but you're watching every time going any minute it's going to get resolved, any minute it's going to get resolved, any minute there's a new arc. Nope. You know what I love too is like comparing like anime with like wrestling nowadays. Like people are saying like yeah, but their fights are like super over the top and like it's not real. It's like have you not seen Joey Ryan flip that guy with his dick? Yep. Like <laughs> come on. <laughs> Wait, was that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the king of dong style. Yeah. You should pick up his book too. Uh, the Big in Japan, Joey Ryan book. Uh, it was written by a buddy of mine, Trace Dean. <laughs> yeah, it's an entertaining comic. So if you guys want two worlds of comics and wrestling, you should check it out. All right, but now I'm just intrigued. Like, okay, is he flipping it over with just that? Or is this like a... So basically, I guess somebody like thought it was a good idea to grab him um, by the junk. And um, apparently, he feels no pain, and it grabs you back. And the guy was put into a wrist lock by Joey Ryan's junk. Like, it sent you? Like, holy, like, okay. In this episode, we're going to put a link to the video (laughs) so you guys can all watch it if you haven't. Okay, because I kind of need to see this, and I'm okay with saying that because I'm like, I just need to know how that works. Like, is it like... Like, Let's, let's pull up a video here. I'd use my phone, but like it, it's it's really shitty. <laughs> All right, I was gonna say it on my white. Oh, great! All right, so what's happening now is oh, Mar- <laughs> we're just gonna mess up his uh, history here just to watch this. Okay, hold on. So. All right. Well, since no one else can really hear this, but I'm I'm watching this now happening. Okay, so he's grabbing. What the hell? This is amazing. Like, I've never seen this in all of wrestling. And this guy played uh, Mr. Billionaire in Glow. Yeah. Really? See? That was the flip. I'm going to keep that dead air in because that's just me, like, mouth agape. Like, just like. See, this is why other countries, when it just comes to wrestling or just comes to most things, like, you know what? You would not have seen, like, The Rock and, like, Stone Cold, you know, it's like, go to grab Stone Cold's junk and then, like, The Rock all of a sudden get flipped over. Like, you're just not going to see that. You would see the cock and stone hold. <laughs> Bad puns. Here's another thing. There's another thing where um, it's another match that I saw like this morning, which was basically a guy sticking his thumb up somebody's rear. Oh, yeah. And then he gets trapped. Yes. And the other, it's like a Royal Rumble kind of thing or like a group team, like tag team match. And they all thought it was a good idea to do the same thing and line up in a train. And the guy who was in the front was just like, I'm flexing my Kegels super hard right now, and you're not getting away. I was watching it, and I was like, what? 
And now, then he proceeds to like march in a parade with the guys still stuck. stuck. Yeah. Is that kind of like a human centipede type thing? Like, yeah. yep. There's a combination that probably shouldn't happen, but. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, wrestling, anime, not so different, right? I mean, granted, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's an anime that exists where that's happened, but. Plus, Attitude Era, Choppy Choppy the PP. Come on. Good point. Okay, so I'm now I'm actually seeing the picture, which you're going to have to send it to me, too, because I'm going to have to put that in the show notes. Well, my listenership completely changed. <laughs> Aaron's face is like, ugh. Aaron has really just shut down. It's just like, I can't with this. So right now, like, I, I guess it's like Fabian and Aaron are about to, like, engage in, like, a, either a video off or, like, a gif off. No, I'm retweeting that we're here. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, never mind. I thought there was going to be a battle going on. All right, this got super meta. All right, Chris, you got to retweet the retweet of the retweet and then quote yourself. Jeff saw me look at my phone and just put it down. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, shout out to Jeff. Uh, you said Max. Next Steve Jobs. Oh, that's right. The next Steve Jobs. Okay. All right. Time out. Time out. All right. Jeff, I don't know. Is anybody. So wait, real quick. You got to come over real quick. Unless you're unless you busy. You got to tell the story real quick of uh, you and this psychic because I think this is just kind of brilliant. All right, here you go. But anyway, he's got to tell the story because this is amazing. Uh, so I was at ColecoCon, uh, la- was it last weekend uh, or August 5th and 6th? And our booth was right next to a, uh, a psychic who couldn't have notified anybody in advance that the turnout was going to be what it was. But anyway, <laughs> we uh, over the course of two different palm readings, uh, she came back and she said that not only was I going to have a, a comic book store, but I was going to invent a game and become the next Steve Jobs, which uh, I mean, for 10 bucks on a palm reading, that's uh, so pretty. I, I love how she um, she asks you if she could do another deeper reading for 25 bucks. <laughs> okay, usually 30 bucks. Okay. So, like, sometime anyone says deeper reading for 30 bucks, I'm like, okay, is this a sting? Because that, that sounds completely... <laughs> somebody literally, I'm, saying, I'm telling you guys this, somebody in the store is just like, what? <laughs> it was deeper than $30. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would have completely just walked out from the first? You missed the other uh, bit with the... <laughs> I was like, See, this is what happens when you do in-person podcasts where like the conversations go completely off the rails because every so often a customer will come in and wonder, what did they just walk into? Oh, cool. All right. See, there we go. That's how we do this. So in order to get Jeff to become the next Steve Jobs, you've got to find a way to kind of marry like tech and comics. Figure out, maybe just create like... I already know what game Jeff is going to make. It's just going to be like Comic Shopkeeper. So it's like kind of like Railroad Tycoon, but just Comic Shop? Yeah, with Comic Shop, but you get more depressed as you play it. Well, that's kind of the point, though. Or is it now, is the point to get more depressed or not to get more depressed? You know, you play games to be happy, but here you just like, oh, man. It's like, oh, then we bring in like, you know, the microtransactions. It's like, okay, so in order to not drink yourself to sleep, please, you know, buy 25 bucks. And order takeout instead or something. You're going to see the leaderboard seeing how many years you were, your shop was open. And like, just like three. <laughs> and it's like the challenge is like, try to keep your store from getting cluttered by long boxes. It's like, how to keep the weirdos away. And how to actually bring in people who are brown. I was going to stop. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> no, I only say that because there was a comic book store, and I'm not going to say their name on air, but I was basically kicked out because they're like, oh, you can't shop in here. And I'm like, why well, can't I? Like, I, my dad would give me money, and I walk into the store, and it was like, you're not allowed in here by yourself. And I'm like, but I'm paying. I have money. He's like, you're just not allowed in here. I was like, okay. So a couple of years later, I came back, and it's like, you're not allowed to shop in here. But I'm like, okay, I'm old enough that I can shop here. So it wasn't that like, oh, I get what's going on here. All right, cool. Thanks for your time. So thanks for Jeff for not being that store. Yes. The Nick Steve Jobs, all right? You know, that's his official name. You got to put that on Eastside Max. Nick Steve Jobs, who everybody knows is a great game designer. <laughs> or maybe he was, but then they just wouldn't let him because like, Steve, you know what? You're getting off top. You know, you know what? I think it's a metaphorical game. It's like, you know, the whole... You know, the, the whole computer age, the whole like, computer market. Steve Jobs invented that game. I don't know. Right, because if she was more on the point, then it would basically be like, well, then he, he can't know his own destiny, really. He's got to find it. So basically, by being vague, that's how that works. But I don't even know how... You know what? At that point, you know what? That's There's no other way to go from there. I mean, we've already covered, uh, let's see, Lana Del Rey, um, Magical Girls, um, Junk That Can Throw Wrestlers. I mean... I think that's as good a time as super tight buttholes and butthole trains, which, yeah. <laughs> Comics, see? Where else can you get this? Nowhere else. Eastside Mags, this is where it happens. This is where you get the weird videos. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, I've been following you guys for quite a while, and you've always been super supportive of us, but also just, you know, just kudos to you guys for just... Basically doing the work. Or, okay, Mario's pointing at Fabian. Like, Mario's like, I did nothing. But it's okay from different... But look, it's a collective. We're all in this together, Mario. My dating life is in the shitter. But, you know, I got comics, I guess. I guess. I guess that's fine. Um, please date Fabian. Um, <laughs> wow. Wasn't that a pity? I'm just saying. Date the guy. I don't know. I just I can put your information out there. Like, <laughs> I'll do one of those like dating videos that they do back in the night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man, those are the best. But seriously though, thank you guys for taking the time out. Thanks for coming all the way here from Long Island, dude. Yeah, strong no, island. Wow. that's Wait, uh, that again, the Strong Island. Wow how how was it going through Hicksville? Okay, funny story. That's actually where Eileen and I pretty much decided we were going to start dating officially. So I'm from Patterson, New Jersey, and that's where I was living when we were dating. And we were seeing each other, and I'm going to tell the story, and Eileen's going to be like, why did you tell the story on the air? Or she'll laugh hysterically because this is my version of it. Because it's basically like her version's not nearly as a musical. No, her version's actually funnier because her version's accurate. So we were, um, this was St. Patrick's Day. My best friend and his wife were throwing a get together at the house. And, you know, we had basically been seeing each other over the weekends because, like I said, it's long distance. It was hard to get there over the weekend. So we had dinner here in Jersey. I forgot where exactly, but we realized, oh crap, I got to get back home. So we're driving back and I realized the train that I normally would take to get um, to Sequoia's didn't get to Patterson, I wouldn't have made it in time. So it's like the furthest up we can go so we can catch it is Hicksville, which is not a great town. I'm just going to say it's there's a reason why there's jokes about it in rent. I'll put it that way. So we're in the car and we're basically kind of having this discussion. Like, so are we are we doing this? So long story short, we're kind of like, so are we doing this? Like, are we a thing? But then so we're like, yeah, I guess we're 
but technically she asked me out because on one end I'm like, oh shoot, like we're about to do this thing like for real. Like, and you know, I love the hell out of her, but that's kind of a heavy thing to do. But at the same time, my train's about to arrive. So it's like, okay, I was panicking because I'm like, all right, this is crazy new relationship and one that I've never really felt for anybody else. On top of that, it's like, I don't want to get stuck in Long Island. <laughs> so oh. the train is coming on at that point. Yeah, and it's late because what happens is it's New York, so it's like New York trains run all the time. Jersey, if you're not out by like 11 o'clock, you're stuck. And I don't know if you've ever been stuck in Secaucus. It's not the worst, but it's not the best either. We had a $90 cab ride once from, from Secaucus. So. To Mama. Oh, my condolences, by the way, because it's Mawa. But, like, <laughs> she asked me out, and I'm running from her saying yes. Because... <laughs> <laughs> and from her perspective it must have been like this guy is a complete punk like i'm basically saying like i'm willing to spend a great deal of my life with you i mean forever how long we're together this is kind of a big step and he's running away and i was just basically being like i love you and i want to date but i also don't want to miss this train which i missed anyway so yeah i realized i could have just stayed there and actually like had like the legit moment so the whole the question is, did you did you go back? Did you walk back? Yes. Well, she had to leave too. So it's like by the time I realized, wait, I shouldn't have run. Then she had to go because she had to, you know. Oh God! So the, at one point, I'm like, this is such a bad look. And the fact that she's still willing to date me says a lot about me and also just us that she was willing to be patient. Because honestly, anyone else would have been like, why are you running away? Like, shouldn't you stay here and say that? At least she didn't go like, motherfucker. <laughs> well, she kind of did, but she laughed about it because now she kind of... I'm going to ask you out one more time and push you on the train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like I said yes, but then like me just running away just kind of messed up everything. But yet, I was just kind of like, I missed my train. I don't know when the next one's coming, but it's like, I have a girlfriend and she's awesome. But then I also realized I really had to go to the bathroom. So, under the Hicksville train station, which I don't know if you're familiar with the train station here, but underneath it, because it's like one of the, what do they call that? Like, it's elevated. But underneath it, there's a Dunkin' Donuts. So, I'm running in, and I'm frantic, frazzled, and I have this giant grin on my face, and I look like I basically had just done, like, speed or PCP. I run in, and I'm like, I got to pee, and I have a girlfriend. Can I use your bathroom? So, that's kind of my version of the story of Hicksville. I miss Jersey a lot, but at the same time, the fact that Eileen's there is what makes it awesome. And I'm sure you're hearing this. Um, I love you, and sorry for running away from you. And that's the last time it'll happen, hopefully. Again, thanks guys for coming out. And um, before we go, though, um, I know you mentioned your Twitter handle before, Fabian. So we'll go between you two. And where can people find out more about your comics and you know anything else you feel like plugging? Um, you can check my stuff out. Just follow me on Twitter or Instagram or most social media platforms, Rockets and Pens, like Rockets and Pens. Uh, if you're interested in my work and you want to get a commission, you can go to jeffmart.com slash commissions and select my name, and everything should be there. Very cool. Mario? Hey, you can find me at Twitter at the other Mario C. Uh, that's also my website, theothermariosc.com, if you guys want to go and check out my books and also links on where you can purchase them if your comic shops do not carry them. And on Instagram, I am another Mario C. Very cool. And I also just want to close by just saying, pre-order your damn comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we put that on a t-shirt, Jeff? We need new t-shirts. I pardon the interruption. 
no, not of your stuff. I'm, 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 I'm making stuff, and I was. <laughs> wow, I'm just insulting. <laughs> I basically just said like your shirts ain't shit. No, I was saying, well, no, yes, come to Eastside Mags, Montclair, New Jersey, for great. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> I had an idea. I was pitching to you, and you could have run with it. What's the, what's the, what's the podcast name? Though? Straight to hell. This. <laughs> I think ever since I, I sat down, it, it started declining. There we go. That's the episode title, Straight to Hell. <laughs> but no, I was going to pitch this idea to you, which I guess I probably shouldn't do on air because someone's going to be like, yep, that's mine now. But thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Eastside Mags. Maria Fabian has been great. And thank you, Aaron, also for your support as well. And um and well, Chris just shut up. Chris, how's it going? Shout out to Chris as well. And um wait. This is Adrian King from I'm going to hell for this one. <laughs> oh, I'm going to for a lot of things. But um, yeah, there you go. We'll see you next issue. Thank you for listening to Adrian Has Issues. Please be sure to visit adrianhasissues.com to stream or download our other great episodes. Like us on Facebook at Adrian Has Issues, on Instagram at Adrian Has Issues Pod, and follow us on Twitter at Adrian Has Issues. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the Satchel Podcast app, available on iOS and Android. Adrian Has Issues is a proud member of the Nerd Sloth Network, home to such great podcasts as Nerds on Tap, Cinefreak Critique, and Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. Visit them at nerdsloth.com.